Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, Brandon here. Welcome back for another episode of the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you for giving us a try. I think you're really going to love this episode. And for those of you who have supported us all throughout this way, really appreciate you. And for those that are reaching out to me on LinkedIn, uh, a lot of connections in the last few weeks, uh, you mentioned why you like the podcast and how you listen. I love hearing that. And it it really, it just warms my heart to hear that we're actually helping your development as an HR professional or a small business leader. So I just love it. And that's why we're going to keep, keep giving you weekly episodes and uh, keep connecting with me. It's great. I love it. Um, in today's episode, I interview Megan Leatherman. She is a returning guest on this podcast. Actually, we talked about holacracy, kind of the self-management model that some organizations are implementing. And we talked about conflict in the workplace uh, many, many episodes back. But in today's episode, we talk about the isolation of modern professionals. Megan wrote something on her website, meganleatherman.com. And it just really stuck out to me. And so I just had to have her on the podcast to talk about the subject because I just don't feel like people are talking about it. Um, about how modern professionals, whether it's through technology or management styles or just whatever it may be, we're becoming more and more isolated. And I think there's things that we can do as individuals and employers to fight that isolation and to become more connected. And Megan and I brainstorm. We not only are vulnerable about either either of our situations and, and just kind of give our, our two cents on it, but we brainstorm some ideas about what we can do uh, both as individuals and employers to to fight it. So I think you're re- really going to love this episode and I'll, I'll get out of the way. And here is the discussion with Megan. Hey, Megan, it's so great to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So I got to admit something to you and, and to the listeners. So I've been taking a little bit of break from podcasting. Uh, I had so much material recorded and to keep up with the weekly schedule, I I just kind of taken a little bit of break until I ran across an article that you'd wrote. So you wrote something called uh, The Isolation of Modern Professionals. And I think I'd found it on LinkedIn. You had it somewhere and I ran across it and it just spoke to me. Where, you know, in my role, I, I'm, a, I'm a marketing director inside of a, a company that does HR services. And I, at times, feel very isolated. I, you know, I work with one or two other people on a frequent basis. But a lot of times, my role, I'm pretty isolated. And I think you had a similar experience, but you had a, a little bit more personal. And you, and you talk about this in, in the article, kind of teeing it up. Talk about that experience that you felt with during your pregnancy and, and how you drew kind of a parallel between your own isolation and just the modern professional. So right before I gave birth and then during labor, um, I had this really powerful realization where I realized that 
no one else was going to be able to give birth to my baby mm. but me. <laughs> yeah. um, and even though I had a ton of support from my partner and midwives and our network, fundamentally I was totally alone in that process, right? Even if I had, you know, had interventions or medical help, fundamentally it was my body and, and this baby, which was really, really scary at first, right? But once I sort of got with the reality of it and, and accepted that that was what was happening, I was much more able to move forward and kind of lean on my support system when I needed it and do only what I could do, which was giving birth. And reflecting on that afterward, I saw some parallels between that experience and the work that I do with people on their career development. And I sort of see the issue as twofold. One, the truth is that no one else can give birth to change in our careers but us, right? That's just a fact. No one else can actually do it. We have to show up, do the work, and ultimately be the ones to make the changes mm -hmm. that we want. But second, that fact, I think, kind of spir can spiral people into a place of isolation because in our culture, we don't have many clear ways in which to talk about the loneliness of professional life. If I had been in labor having that realization that no one else could do this but me, and then I felt pressure not to talk about it or pretend like I was fine, I could figure it out. I would have been unable to connect with my support team and I would have felt really isolated, which would then disempower me from doing what I had to do. So professional life and our development there is inherently lonely because it's up to us, but then it becomes isolating when we're not given the space in which to talk about it and connect with others in a way that resonates with us. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally does. And it's funny that you say that because I've we all have these moments as professionals like where we're just in these like funks and I've I've been in those funks every once in a while where I'm just like well, why don't, why don't they just, you know, help me develop more or why, you know, why can't my company do this, this and this? And I'm like, you know what? The best thing to do is reflect personally and like what I can do differently instead of like mm -hmm. waiting for somebody else to kind of do it. And I think that's where we feel isolated the most is like we, we feel that somebody else should do it for us or, or owes us something. But that's not, I don't think that's true at all. Like if we want to grow and develop and get the work done, we really have to kind of look in, inner, right? And, and, and make that change or, or, you know, just be motivated to do something. Yeah, I agree. How does isolation show up for a lot of professionals nowadays? Where are you seeing it? Well, I think, I mean, it shows up for all of us as people in some scary ways. I think there's a lot of research now on loneliness and, um, you know, smoking reduces your life expectancy by like 50%, right? Which is a lot, but loneliness actually reduces it by 70%, which is crazy. Wow. Um, and nowadays, people report being feeling much more lonely, much more socially isolated. Um, and people now are seeing this play out in the workplace. There was a study in 2011 that found that when employees feel lonely, it led to much poorer task performance. So people are less able to get things done. They were unable to really excel in their team roles. And not surprisingly, their relational performance really mm -hmm. suffered because they're it's it becomes hard. It's sort of like a muscle you have to use. It becomes harder to connect with people if you're not feeling nourished in that way regularly. Absolutely. Um, so work loneliness triggers this sort of emotional withdrawal from the organization. So people don't feel emotionally invested. They don't feel super committed or engaged, which is something I know you think a lot about. Mm -hmm. So it shows up as just sort of this disengaged, poor performance, messy sort of thing um that that people are bringing in with them every day i think it's so interesting because like in, in my role specifically i i really do enjoy 
working alone. And I, I, um, yeah, I, I love working with the, with my team and being connected with people, but to get, you know, my work done, I really like, I, I like working from home. I like, uh, working remotely, I like working on my, at my own pace. But I often, f- I often find that when I do that quite a bit, I, I tend to feel more isolated and disconnected from, you know, the wider team or the greater purpose of the organization. Um, and it doesn't feel good. And I think a lot of people who are working, you know, such as yourself as a, like a, a consultant where you have, you have your own mission and purpose for why you created your organization. And, but you're, you're working with just your clients and, and maybe you have some team members, but you often probably feel more isolated than, than most people do. And when, when I feel my happiest is when I'm either a connected to the business purpose. And I feel like I I'm contributing to, to a greater good, uh, or when I just connect with people and, in today's work environment, I just I want to kind of have this dialogue with you. In today's work environment, where people are starting to work more remotely because of technology, where do you see this all going? Because to me, it just because it feels like as we, you know, use technology and work from home more often, we're going to become more and more disconnected. Yeah, I think I have to be really intentional about getting that connection because I'm like you. I really enjoy working from home and in my own space and alone, but. Like you said, after two or three days of that, I'm like, mm, <laughs> time to connect. Quite right, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not. I don't think it's necessarily about the quantity of connection or just sitting next to a yeah. person at a desk, right? There's a lot of people who work with others every day who feel completely alone. So I think it's more about the quality of that connection and feeling like you're able to really be seen and heard by people in the workplace. And maybe they're not the deepest connections you'll ever have, but there has to be some level of sort of realness and authenticity where you feel like you don't have to have that mask on all the time. Um, And I don't know how that's going to shift with more and more people working remotely. I think it is possible to build connection, you know, virtually. I have people Mm -hmm. I talk to regularly over Skype or the phone and I feel seen and heard by them. Um, but I think it's going to become something people need to think more and more about because it's sort of this thing we assume is there because we're on social media or we're out in the world, but we do, we have to be really intentional about having friends or connections that feel nourishing to us. Yeah. When you talk about like the, the nourishing relationships, do you feel like there's a shallowness to the type of relationships that most people have in the workplace nowadays? Is it any different than, you know, maybe the past? Yeah, I don't know about the past. I I do think there's a, a shallowness now, not because people aren't able to connect, but I think there are just so many unspoken rules about what's acceptable and not acceptable to talk about at work. Um, I think this is especially acute for HR professionals because they have to sort of live in this in-between place where they're you know mm, representing the organization yeah. and advocating for employees. And I, I work with a lot of HR professionals individually and just I essentially what I do is I'm just kind of a safe space for them to vent and talk about things that they can't talk about in the workplace. And I know this is true for people in other industries as well. You know, they come in and say, you know, my my boss is really verbally abusive, but I can't say anything because I'm the face of the company or I'm totally burnt out, but we've got to start recruiting and I need to kind of put on this positive face or my team needs me and there's not, I'm happy to be that person for them, but I, I wish they had more 
connection and support in their organizations and on their teams so that they could air that and talk about it in a way that made them feel connected there, you know? So I think it's, I just think it's really hard. I think people are expected to sort of pretend a lot at work and push through and tough it out. And I don't think that leads to improvement, you know, in their performance or in the business. I don't think it's good for anybody. Yeah. Then as an employer, you're like, wow, they're, they're just not as productive because they're not happy and they're not, they're not connected to anything. And then, you know, you don't want somebody to be miserable either. Mm-hmm. And to your point about HR professionals, I mean, that's our, most of our audience for this podcast. Let's talk about them a little bit because they are, they are in this funky spot where, you know, they're working on behalf of an employer to make sure, you know, policies are enforced and philosophies are kind of, you know, pushed down and that the people get resources they need. But at the same time, like they're, yeah, they are supposed to be kind of this middle ground uh, between the employer and uh, employees. So how do they beat this isolation thing because you know i think a lot of people are happy at work because maybe they have one or two friends or really close connections well as an hr professional can you really have that i know i mean i think i guess if you have a a peer or a team member that you're you know close with that you can talk to about the confidential stuff that comes up but i mean i didn't figure out how to do it when i was working internally in hr i felt completely alone and just like i had to figure it out and i was so awkward with employees because I didn't know how to connect with them and be a real person knowing that, you know, their team was dissolving in a month or like all these things that are happening, swirling around in my head. So I think a lot of HR professionals look for that outside of their organization through, you know, the local stuff through, you know, associations like PERMA and other events. I at this point, I just feel like it's something you might have to find outside of your organization um, and just find a, another colleague or a peer that you really connect with that you can just yeah. just be real with. I think that's the best thing. It's totally true. And it's funny, as we were kind of talking about like just the isolation of the HR professional, um, I don't know if you ever watched the show The Office. I've been re-watching all of them because I just love that show. <laughs> and Toby, the HR guy inside The Office, just gets hammered by management, by the employees. Nobody likes him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's obviously just, you know, it's a little hype, hyperbole to a certain extent, but it's... I think it's portrayed in a way that's true. It's like the HR person is kind of in the middle and he's isolated. And probably mm-hmm. the only friendships he has is going to be outside of the office. And mm-hmm. I think it's all too true in, in today's world. Yeah, which is sad because you see him trying to connect yes. in an authentic way with these other people in the <laughs> office. But everyone just despises him. And, yeah. and not that that's true for HR folks, to- but totally, it is yeah. a really hard job. Such a hard place to be in. I mean, I just have so much empathy and I think HR professionals are particularly lonely. Yeah. But beyond HR professionals, are you definitely seeing isolation in other professions as well? Like just the regular employee of today? Yeah. I don't think it, the ones I, you know, have talked to about this, you know, it hasn't been as serious or acute because they have peers who they can just more easily talk to. They're generally part of a larger team. Um, But I was speaking with a woman the other day who feels completely alone and cut off from her team because, um, you know, she's a woman on pretty much an all male team. Her manager is really, really unsupportive and awful. And, uh, and she doesn't feel like there's anyone safe that she can talk to there. Um, so she's just sort of this lone thing hanging out there in this universe, um, feeling cut off and like she can't do her job well. And, and it's 
it's really unfortunate. Um, so I think it's something that people from all industries and all sorts of professions face. What do you think some of the effects are going to be of like just isolation and uh, all the time? I mean, the health effects are pretty um, amazing, you know, so I like think you're going to have like a, depression or something like that. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. your immune system functionality goes down when you're socially isolated. Um, this is especially true, you know, for elderly folks or people who are already lonely um, in some way. So I think you're going to face a much more unhealthy workforce, people who just don't feel like they can get out of bed or show up or who need more time off for sick time. Um, you know, creativity suffers, engagement suffers. Um, I think people are trying to fix the employee engagement problem in lots of different ways, which is probably smart. It's not one, there's not one fix, but I haven't seen a lot of articles or publications out there talking about how companies are addressing loneliness. No, I, I haven't seen it. And this is why exactly I want to bring in the podcast to talk about this, because this is the first time I've actually seen any articles, even at the national level, like Sherm, you know, you see a lot of cool content coming from them. Inc. Magazine, you know, all these these mm-hmm. big media publications, I just have not seen this topic anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it needs to be addressed because I often like it spoke to me like when when I read your article, I was like, this, I feel this. I know other people feel this too at times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think there's also a stigma around it, right? Because there's all this pressure to be really well networked and like who's in your network and how big is it? And it's, it's embarrassing sometimes to admit that I feel lonely or isolated or I I don't feel like I have community around me. And it, it, I think there's this idea that that means we're weak or awkward or not socially capable, which I don't think is the case. There's not much going for us in this regard. You know, it's hard, I think, to foster community these days. So yeah, there's just not, I think we're just now sort of learning how this is impacting the workplace and, and how we can address it. So if we, we, we both agree that there's some sort of issue in isolation, um, and that we need to do something about it. Let's brainstorm a little bit. What, what could we, what could employers do? What can we do as individuals to, you know, fight this isolation and, and do something about it? In your mind, what do we do? I mean, I think people naturally want to connect, right? Yeah. So there's this natural inclination. And I think leaders and organizations, really all they have to do is sort of get out of the way to let people do that. Um, so fostering spaces and atmospheres where people feel like they can connect authentically, encouraging empathy and warm connection at work, whether it's allowing more space for time to meet, you know, not sort of not focusing so much on efficiency and productivity, because those things are going to drop off anyway, if people are feeling isolated. So really just allowing that to happen naturally. And then I think it's individuals, um, finding peers that you can confide in and really treasuring those relationships and focusing on the quality of your network and not necessarily the quantity. Um, that's something that's been really helpful for me, just finding people not necessarily in my line of work, but just other professionals that I feel like I can be really real with. Um, obviously I think working with a mentor therapist or coach is helpful just to have a a safe place where, you know, for an hour a week, you just feel really seen and validated and heard. Um, and then something that, you know, you're helping me with is this new column that we're writing for PERMA. Um, that's, you know, on being human in HRs, sort of an experiment that I'm trying out where I'll be interviewing other HR professionals about issues like this and, 
and trying to sort of foster that real authentic connection in writing form. So finding avenues like that that feel helpful and real to people. I think those are those are the things that come to mind as most easily yeah. accessible. But to to me, I mean, to me, it definitely seems like there's a lot of different channels in which we can connect. But at the root of all this is how do we show empathy for one another? And how do we get to know mm-hmm. people at a deep level to to see that like, hey, we're you know, we're, we're similar. We have the same, you know, issues or the same, uh, interests or, or whatever it may be. And I don't, I think in today's work environment, we just don't get a chance to, to find out that about people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we don't have chances to just, you know, hang around a water cooler and talk. I mean, if people Mm -hmm. are out of the office and working remotely, or if they're just in an environment that like, you know, they're standing next to a machine or something where they're just, they can't move and they can't talk to anybody. They're just sitting there plugging away on something. Like, how do you, how do you give people a chance to to run into each other and and have a, a more of an in depth conversation than just small talk? Because mm-hmm. I, I think the empathy is everything, and I think that's mm-hmm. how people connect. I don't have an easy answer. I think you know, connecting people with mentorship programs or peer lunches or giving more space for team development can all be helpful things. Yeah. Um, I think at the, I guess the root approach should be this I, th- I think where it gets tricky is when organizations try to do that with sort of this ulterior motive where they're just looking for more productivity oh, sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and seeing it as sort of a quick fix you know if we send them on this team retreat we're gonna have yeah and three i think times the sales i think that should always be a byproduct right it should always yeah. be the secondary thing it's the primary should be we want these people to connect so that they're they know that they're all in this together and right. they're they're going to have each other's backs and then the productivity is just uh, a byproduct of people really having deep connections Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's not an easy thing but it is possible i believe that yeah so i think we we're both saying the same thing it needs to be intentional if we want people to connect and and not feel isolated so whether it's an individual saying hey i need to go get a mentor or i need to be part of this group or whatever it may be uh, there needs to be some work on the individual's part to become less isolated but i think there's some things employers can also do to make more chances and opportunities for for people to connect yeah totally and and I think there's a difference between just going and, you know, physically sitting in a chair where there's a group and mm-hmm. going and really being open to um, vulnerability or being really honest and connecting. And I think that's the work that we have to do. It's not necessarily that we're never around people that we could connect with. I think the issue is that we, a lot of us feel like we have to pretend like things are fine or like we've got it all together or like feel like we're competing with our peers. We don't really want to open up, um, or we might not feel safe to open up with our manager. So that's sort of the internal emotional work that I see needing to be done, you know? Yeah. And I agree. Like, for example, when you wrote this post and you started it out by telling a personal story about, you know, just the isolation you felt during your pregnancy and then giving birth is how it was kind of all on you to, to mm-hmm. make this happen. Even though your partner is very supportive and doctors are very supportive, it's still you that has to ultimately get this thing done. And, I I just, you opening up about that, I think people need to do that more often because I think you're more likely to, you know, have somebody like me who who read that and was like, wow, that was powerful. Let's talk about that and and connect. And I think by being vulnerable, it just opens up the doors for other people to connect with you who share uh, a lot of, you know, share the empathy. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, imagine if I had written that article and just been had been talking like at arm's length about this theoretical issue of isolation among professionals, right? It's It doesn't have the same impact. People need to feel like they're looking at a, a real human being with real experiences Absolutely. and that sort of draws them in. So if nothing else, folks listening to this can just do that themselves to give to give space for other people to do that. Yeah. You know? And if anything, like just even writing, if, even if nobody's reading it, it's therapeutic in my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're just writing a journal or something or, you know, doing a video blog or, or even just an audio clip and, and you don't publish it anywhere, you're still, still like, you're, it feels like you're connecting with somebody to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. And it's helped, it's helped me a lot. I know that. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on this? I mean, this is just, it's a huge topic and I don't don't think we've heard the end of this. Um, I'd encourage people to keep talking about it, but anything else you want to say about it? I just want to encourage people to really, to just start trying, I guess, and just start cultivating that empathy in themselves, opening up a little bit more. And it's a practice, you know, that we have to get used to and it feels scary in our workplaces, but if nothing else, we've just got to start trying. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think we'll see the impact positively on our, our own careers um, and on our organizations as a whole. Um, but I'm so glad we're at least kind of starting that conversation yeah. or starting um, to contribute to the conversation that's already happening. And I hope we continue that dialogue too. Yeah. Well, Megan, thank you for being on the podcast. Do you uh, want to mention uh, your website or what you do, anything like that to, so listeners can kind of find out more about what you do? Sure. So I do um, mostly career coaching with individuals. And like I said earlier, a lot of my folks are HR professionals because that's sort of where I'm plugged in. And that's sort of the group that I feel my heart connected to. So um, folks can find out more about what it would be like to work with me as a coach at my website, which is just MeganLeatherman.com. And um, yeah, I'm also out there sort of thinking and writing about HR related, workplace related issues. Um, and my blog is on my website as well, but I just really appreciate you having me on. Oh, and of course. Chatting. Yeah. And this is the third time you've been on and hope, hope to have you on <laughs> as a regular guest because you always have great thoughts. And I do oh. encourage people to go subscribe to your blog because you have some really impactful stuff on there. They're, sh- they're shorter too. They're not like super long or anything, but you always have something really valuable to say. And I just really appreciate that because a lot of I don't say it a lot of people, but I think when people start blogs, they just naturally think, oh, I just need to regurgitate everything else that's already being said out there. And they don't want to say anything that's, you know, makes themselves vulnerable or mm. just say something that's different. And I, I really do feel like you put a lot of thought into to your content. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. That's really kind. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, Megan, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, 
visit www.zeniumhr.com.